Welcome to the 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast, a retrospective. You were defeated, left for dead. All is ashes. Your heart stirs, your broken body numbing with the rage of retaliation. Werewolf the Apocalypse Retaliation, a new board game set in the world of darkness created by the same team behind Vampire the Masquerade Chapters. Flyups, imagination leaping ahead. Hey folks, Brennan here. Thanks for tuning in to our 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. If you want to reach out or follow us, we're on Facebook and YouTube as 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch as 25 years of VTM, and on our website at 25yearsofvtm.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to the long-awaited podcast for the Anansi. I'm going to say that out the way. Um, Obviously, I'm here with myself, and it's good to be here. Uh, Mike, how about you? Are you happy to be here with yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to be here with myself. I like keeping track of myself. We're two people (laughs) happy to be here with ourselves, so that's good. Uh, We're on here. We're live. We're recording. We got some pep. Both of us are on the alert and the up and up, so that's good. Um, Before we dip into this, anything new to share? Um, I'm having fun working this immigration clinic. Like you read some pretty hard stuff, but you meet some pretty awesome people doing that for school. So that's, 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 that's great. That's all I got. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. I was curious about that. So what, what is this immigration clinic that you're up to? I mean, I know you're studying to be a lawyer, but this is like pitched on the side, but it is definitely relates to your schooling. Yeah. Yeah. So like basically the state gives some attorneys that are also professors permission to supervise the work of some law students that are late in law school. So we do the interviews, we prepare the briefs. We, in some cases go gather evidence. We set the appointments. Um, and the exercise is to learn what the law is by having to apply it. Now, the way we keep from screwing people over is when we make mistakes, there's an actual attorney who's done it for years and is (laughs) guiding the way. Right. And they say, ah, you know, you can't do this thing or whatever. Um, so it's, it's challenging, but it's the closest to real world experience you get without having a job. I like it. I think that's hot. I mean, I have an interest in it and just knowing what's going on, but I often think it's cool when people expunge, expunge, there's not the term, expand, expound upon their Mm -hmm. career and how in depth it gets. Cause it kind of, and also you hear, you don't hear a lot about gamers and how, just how successful they are. I mean, we got lawyers, doctors I've played with. We have uh, uh, cops. Uh, one was one FBI agent, granted, in the accountant and accountant side of things. Had a lot of insight into that, though. I've played with a couple times. Um, you mean all? You mean all types? And that's yeah. what I think is awesome, right? Everybody go to get that college degree. We're that era where we're more educated, not less educated. You know what I mean? You. You look like you saw a ghost. I, there was a, a shocking noise outside that I'm surprised you didn't hear. Um, but yeah, I, I agree 100%. I remember when like. Hmm. You're going to walk away through that? What was that shocking noise, Mike? <laughs> you know, Bob, <laughs> it's an early morning in East Oakland. <laughs> I'm not sure what that noise was, so I won't speculate. 
would, would you say would you say it was uh american firecrackers as well as a response ah american fireworks good morning an american fireworks response we'll keep it that way if you can't read between the lines you're just not american enough we'll just put it that way and we'll and we'll leave it there i'm sorry you were saying um oh yeah i was saying uh what was this oh i do remember like a few years back maybe it's more than a few years now when uh people like vin diesel and what's his name joe manganiello or whatever were like big famous actors coming out as as dnd folk right which is how mm-hmm. we started seeing gaming getting pushed into the mainstream so like your gamer bros can come from anywhere. Some of your your biggest idols might might like to throw dice at problems. I I do I do like how that is and how that happened. I just also think that uh, you know we as the consumers, as I guess, is what we would be called by the industry. Don't understand <laughs> that we're we're the fans that fuel it, so we're really our own investors, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, as yeah. one uh, one pocket is the gamer mistress. I enjoy her viewpoint on that. That we're the ones who control the direction of the industry, not the other way around. These, these companies hmm. wouldn't have the money if it weren't for our interest. She's hundred percent correct in that. Right. So that's the, that's the mentality. I just wish a lot more people thought that way. Cause then you would see probably more positive change uh, towards right. what they were hoping would be there. And that's enough on that. I will close that book. Um, <laughs> Ananasi, why, why I hesitate to, to dive into it directly. I think you pointed it out at the beginning of this, right? I asked you what was up, what was going on. And, uh, you know, how you felt, you know, about this reading so far. And your, and your comment was like, you, it's, it's a famous quote for me from you. It's, it's, and in fact, it's infected my, my language directly where it says, I felt some type of way about it. <laughs> Before we even get into it like we normally do, I just want you to know, I just want to talk about this book. I think the review, if it's important, I feel many types of ways about it that I will articulate here shortly. But I would like to hand the baton to you, as it were, to begin the race, if you would. Um. Okay. Uh. Yeah. It's um. It's a fun read, right? Without like going through it line by line and precept upon precept, it's got its own unique approach to the uh, traditional Garu cosmology, right? Um. It's got a version of the litany that I find interesting and useful. Um, and it has a, it's got an approach to the, to the morality, to the mindset of the player characters that I think is, I can't tell whether it's simplified or complicated because of how direct it is. If that makes sense. Right. It's like, it's like they try to tell you, you can take a straight line through all of those philosophical conversations you had when you were playing werewolf, but you can't tell if that's going to be easy or not. You know? I, I do think I get I get where you're at, and that's that it's cutting through what I like to call the bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> this book does a lot psychologically, I feel, and, and highlighting the... Well, let's get at this. The point of the changing breeds is the passion of an overlying theme called rage. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. did you notice they don't, they don't have that? Right. Yep. Right? Completely well, disparate. This- a difference in origin, <laughs> right? They don't they don't claim to be from the same source precisely as the other changing breeds. <laughs> They're not at all. Yeah, yeah. 
They're not at all. This is the first book we're in print. They're the creator of this breed in canon gives the narrative, the education to the reader throughout this book. That is why everybody should buy this book. That alone is why everybody should buy this book. They crack the fear of standing on, well, what would the creator sound like? Well, what happens if we stand on on a point or we make a we make a declarative statement and it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. There's a fear there, right? Because, you know, some fans would love it. Some fans would hate it. You know, it pulls them apart. We want everybody to love what we do. Simple fact is, everyone remembers the movie Clash of the Titans when we refer to those gods, right? Mm-hmm. If you know your history and you went over it, you should remember your professor telling you, hey, you know, they were made in the image of man to help teach man law, to teach morality specifically, to understand that the gods are not perfect because they're made in man's image. But we tell these colorful stories of what the gods were like so that we could relate to why certain certain things are wrong and certain things are right. That's the point. So the wrath of Zeus or something like that and, you know, Mercury and all the all the little gods in between in their hyper-focused specializations lead them to trick people sometimes, outright ruin others or whatever it is. But you're supposed to learn something as a human being. You hear that story and go, oh, that's messed up. I'm not <laughs> going to be like that. And mm-hmm. thus you would have learned the lesson they attempt. I feel that when when a writer stands up and says, this is a unique breed, and to make it completely unique, their own creator is going to, in an elaborate ritual, possess an elder and teach the youth exactly what they want done, what they feel their purpose is here. And the route they took was not, here's your marching orders. That's the importance here. The werewolf were given marching orders. Gaius dying, Defender. Gaius being raped. You should do something. Gaius mad. Gaius pregnant again, and you need to go to the store and get the get the food she's asking for. It's four thirty in the morning. Where were you when Gaius asked for more Gaius? Right? That's werewolf. And so the player is supposed to be oh, who, what, oh, oh, mad, pissed, kill, mad, pissed, kill, mad, pissed, kill. It's all you do in werewolf. Yeah, that's how they started it, right? But I think even I think they had to see it and go, uh, this is kind of a dead door. Right? Mm. This is a dead platform. We're going to talk about what a uh, finite. How often can we say there's a finite of people made that are the player characters and they are the last of the last of the last. Right. Like the <laughs> son of son of giant killers. I'm a fan of saying. Um, and it's like, OK, great. So So you're this guy. And now the burdens of everything land in your shoulder to fix it. Well, how do you make a difference? Well, don't worry. Cause now you're going to rage and you sit there and go, Motherfucker, why did we rage before? <laughs> like, like I'm, where I'm has, raging now. I'm where out has of this game. Rage gotten us? <laughs> I'm yeah. out of game. Right. Like, like, let me give you an analogy. I like doing this. If ever in real life, someone came along and said, Hey Mike, I want you to meet the rapist of your mother. Got him <laughs> in the other room. I figured <laughs> you deserve a chance to talk to him. So you could ask why he did it, what went on with it. You know, just, I just want to see what you're going to do there. I know you well enough that I already <laughs> got to find plastic. I got to find a convenient lie as to where you've been. And I definitely, <laughs> I definitely don't want to be here for plausible deniability. Right? So I so I get to say, at least in court, go, hey, I don't know what happened. I came back. There, Mike went nowhere near the building ever. And, you know, it's just, there's just torn what person happened? everywhere. Right? I don't know <laughs> right. what happened. Right? That's a normal human. <laughs> Right. When you say that, by the way, I happen to know you're a good enough guy. We could say that about anyone. Mm. You know what I mean? 
Like, since, like, let's just face it. One of the easy ways to trigger, I, I get triggered by werewolf entirely. I don't know if I've said this because the concept and the word usage of rape triggers me. Because to well, me, it's so payba- it's so constant, right? It's littered at, through every almost every book. It's their favorite and, image, and it's an unfair thing, right? It's like you know, it's you're, you're not talking. There's a specific person or entity that we can go at. You're saying that these ideals of the world and and evolution have done this to the planet. And you're saying the planet is Gaia as if that Mm. somehow excuses the terminology. But you put in my head raw, unadulterated vengeance and then give me a nebulous platform to go at it. And now I have these weird rules given to me by other spirits who don't necessarily care about the earth mother and will even Mm. tell me the earth mother is not the origin and, and have all these conflicting information. At some point as a werewolf player, you have to go, nah, I'm just focused on my tribe. I'm just going to focus on what my tribe believes. And that's all I'm going to adhere to because everything else is just made up. Right. Right. Which or, basically or, says, or, it's, or it's so distant as to be useless. I can't act on it. My theater just don't know about it. They're reading tea leaves and entrails. Like, what am I really supposed to do with all of this? Claptrap. <laughs> this this is the adult in you. So what I will say is the yeah. the first beginnings of werewolf were written for a a teenage perspective of violence Hmm. and an attempt to throw reason behind that violence well as these additions mature and really as they start getting in the fair books and truly cracking into the innate nature of it we eventually get different perspectives different emotional looks at things but still highly emotional right like i almost consider werewolves bipolar with how they go at things you know what i mean it's they're either all in or they don't care. That's that's really what it gets. And there's nothing in between. And then you get the best step. Very hands off. You know, we would care, but you didn't do it to us. But we're cats. And so how do you not? And I got to say this. Gamers love them some cats. Like that's like a gamer <laughs> trope. Everybody's into cats. I have yet to see a gamer other than me who was like, fuck cats. I could I could I could give nine shits about a cat. I own cats as part of the marriage package. I had to agree to the cat for the marriage, but did not want the cat. Okay. That's what we have to understand. I never want a thing that sees loving me as an option, but its sole existence is based on whether or not I provide for it. Right. You know what right. I mean? That's, that's like, what? Don't make the anything a priority that only sees you as an option. Right. That's just right. a rule to live by. And here's this cat. Oh, it's Bob. Meow. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be over here now. Or it's in my face, you know. I could tell you a story about me trying to handle my business in the bathroom and this cat happened to be in there, comes out, decides to start clawing and batting at my knees because nobody had played with it in 24 hours. You should have pissed on the cat. You should have pissed on the cat. Right. No, you don't think you could do is grab the cat. And I did. And I picked him up and he was like, you going to grab me? And so what he did was took his paws and he put them around my hand. It was like, I could claw this paw. My paws will rip you open, big man. What you want to do? And so I took the cat and I put its back on the wall and I was like, are we really getting what's going on? And the cat was like, did I bite you? Like it looked at me, right? Mouth on my hand was like, I'm not biting, but like you can put pressure and find out. Like that's what I was like. I'm only doing this because I'm trying to put you to the floor one handed. Okay. Cause I'm trying not to piss all over my bathroom. Okay. And then when I put him down, this cat looked at me and he went, I just wanted your time. Meow. Brushes on my leg and walks out of the bathroom. Moa cackling madly in the other room. Right? Drives me up the wall. 
Well, that's there how was the best step. Yes, that's the best step in Werewolf, right? <laughs> Same thing. We came and messed with you, but we knew the line and left before it got too heated. And when we leave, it's like one player because the best step player will not handle multiple cat players. Have you noticed that too? <laughs> like yes. it's, it's like it's like I'm the only best step, or it's not worth it. And I'm like, they that's perfect. <laughs> I know a ton of people like that. No problem. Well, let's let's walk down the line then. What's the other pharaoh we did? Coyote. Well, we needed the yeah. Malkavian. Had to. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what it is. We needed that mouth play because why? Why are mouths fun? Unpredictable, many different forms and states of emotion that a person can explore and get into. And as as much as people want to say derangements are serious, you <laughs> should not portray them lightly. And I go, no shit, you shouldn't portray them lightly. However. They wouldn't be available if they weren't fun to play in the context to explore of a game. Precisely. So we can agree to that. So, yeah. however, we can also do this. Anybody bipolar? Great. So we want to prove that derangement. Anybody schizophrenic? Great. We want to prove that. Nothing to trigger somebody who already has it. But if you be quiet and said nothing, and someone plays a mouth that's running around with issues, you shouldn't have a problem. Same thing with a with a coyote, right? Hmm. Or where a yeah, coyote... Yeah. Whatever. They're a trickster, add everything else, but at the end of the day, they have very synergy, right, with all that. And <laughs> and one of them meets with some consequences in this very book. <laughs> I know, and that's why I'm mentioning them, right? We're not letting it go. We can go on, right? Everybody has their day in the sun. However, the Anasi, and Anasi here, why I like them is because they are basically, they're as pragmatic as it gets. You may see a trend with me. Hmm. I said it off the bat. When I read this book, I told you I'd read this book like six times in my life. Right? It's my favorite. It's it's my second favorite breed book. My all-time favorite being the Rokea. Which mm. I keep saying we might have done it, but I don't think we've done it. Um, I don't because, remember doing it. If we did it, I wasn't there. <laughs> because everybody would know my moniker then. Swim, eat, live. Right? Simple. It's out of that book. It's out of that <laughs> book. I live my life by it. Swim, eat, live. Right? That's it. <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid, right? The kiss method. You know me, Mike. I'm filled with the, right? That's Rokea, though. We'll put that to the side. I love me some wear sharks. Love me some swimming, right? Um, terror of the deep. Anyway, I, I why, why I'm hesitant to dive into this book and why it took me so long, I got to admit to everybody, I'm a complete coward when it comes to spiders. I told you I read this book six times. The first time I read it is because I was terrified of it. I, I'll admit that. It's 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 real arachnophobia with me, and I had to admit that, but I'm a person who what I fear, I have to fuck with constantly. And you just I am you a, just didn't you didn't want to be forced to think about it reading it. Oh man, I can't deal with it. The concept of some little eight-legged thing crawling on me. And <laughs> I, I, I just recently learned there's also a condition that people have. It's uh like a low percentage of the populace where if they see patterns, circular patterns on things in nature. It makes their skin crawl. Some people vomit, get nauseous, things like that. Mm. I see it. I get stuck in seeing a pattern. It actually triggers anger in me. There's 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 a rage in me that happens there. And spiders have the same eye pattern. And so mm. bees and mm -hmm. honeycombs mm -hmm. and things like that. And I don't know why that is. But it puts me on edge. But with spiders, it has an added benefit of fear. Mm. Now that kicks in. Now before you wonder, why are you so huge and so afraid of spiders? When I got brought up to Arkansas from the city, 10 years old, which is what happened to me, and I'm on a farm, um, I saw my first encounter with what's known as a death web. At least that's what locally it was called, and I looked it up in a net, and they had one picture of it. And apparently, you northerners don't don't call it that. 
Um, <laughs> if you don't know what it is, it's not that a spider went out and killed some people and put victims in the web. What it is is that there are these uh, spiders that like to make uh, webs in the wind, and then the wind catches them, and that's how they travel around and spread their eggs and up in trees, and they make all sorts of webbing, usually up in branches and whatnot all over the place. Now, I learned they're, they're critical to the environment. They Obviously, all spiders are, but they're, they, they're prey. They eat insects, whatnot, go where mm-hmm. that is. Well, if an animal dies in the woods, in this case, it was a small fox, I think it was. Um, not just a fox. It was like a, a fox and then like a squirrel and some other stuff. It was like a pile that mm-hmm. of the bones that were just knitted together over a distance. It's where the animals died over there. Now, what the, the hunter is taking me around, which was our, our neighbor at the time, a uh, friend of my close friend at the time, named escapes me years ago, right? Uh, but I'm young. And what had happened was we went camping. And when we went camping, I walked out back to, I had to, I had to poo. <laughs> right? And everybody As laughed at the city boy. Everybody laughed at the city boy because I'm like, we've been out here three days. And it's a seven-day trip. And you, I hadn't pooped in three days. I really had to go. So I got my shovel. They told me to not wear jeans, wear some <laughs> loose-fit shorts, and bring a change of underwear. And there's no toilet paper. So you got to find that out there, too. Now, it turns out that was the joke part. So it's the buddy system when you're in the woods camping. And so I didn't know this. So my buddy had to keep watch. In other words, he's listening. For where I go, because I wasn't supposed to go too far. They pointed out where we were going to be pooping. No big deal. Hmm. That's the area they mapped out. So there's a lantern there. Say the lantern posted, but you got to dig your own hole. And you got to find your own thing. Now, the dude was cool. He constructed out of like logs and some other shit, no pun intended, that sit over a makeshift place to do your business. But you still had to dig the hole because nobody had used it yet. And he Hmm. told me, since you're up first, you dig it the deepest. So you got to hold what you got. Dig at least a three-foot hole. Yeah. Dig at least a three-foot hole. Think about other people coming in. Do your business and then bury your business. And then leave the, bring the shovel back, but then like leave that lantern there so we know when we come back, if there's fresh earth, we got to find another hole that was used. And that's it. And he went into the environment, why you do that, and everything else. That's cool. Boring the hell out of a lot of people with you at this point, but trust me, there's a point. The fear <laughs> was when I got up from the site and I turned and thought, and thought I walked in the direction in which was the right way. Right way. Now, why I wasn't quite paying attention... Um, I'll admit this. I'm like 10, 11, free what age it was when I went into this. But uh, if you've never had to poop in the <laughs> wild and it's not a toilet, you're not doing a normal squat, right? It's not what it is. You got to sit with enough lip for Operation Dumbo Drop to hit where it needs to. I'm not trying to gross people out, but you need to understand this. So the spot we had there, I had not gone and leaned back far enough. And where did I hit? Right on my underwear. So I had to make I had to make a pimp decision, and that was I took the pocket knife I had, I cut them loose, I left them in the hole, buried the hole after everything else, and sat there with that sanitation thing. Right, you never feel clean campings, but you know you do what you got to do. And I'm like, okay, now that's done, and I'm embarrassed. I'm gonna go ahead and back. And when I turned and walked, what I saw was there's this skull. This this bone skull that's sitting just floating up in the air off the reflection of the lantern. I was like, what the? F-? And I'm staring at it. I'm a horror film fan, but you see some shit like that. I thought I had to go again. Right? I Wait saw it immediately. It was minute. like, oh. And I looked at it. And why it was even weirder, because there was a, a light fog. Like, it was lightly cold. Not enough to obscure your vision, but you felt that on the ground. Real dewy, you know? And so mm-hmm. when I turned and walked, I felt the itchiness of something like cotton rubbing against me. 
And when I looked and focused off the light, it wasn't just a skull. When I touched that cotton, that's actually webbing. Mm, it was mm-hmm, webbing mm-hmm. I bumped and all over the skull and all around it, up and around it. It looked like a good 12 to 15 foot area from between trees, bushes covered up and over. There were bits of bone and these spiders were all in it. And where I bumped, you saw this big, ugly thing come like tunnel webbing out and saw it. And it was probably thinking, what the fuck? Like, that's not dead. And we're in trouble, right? But I said, this thing looks like a platform of like, like spider heaven. Like they had built a highway thing and it was all bad, all sorts of things wrapped up in it. And when Mm -hmm. I saw that, I was, I was frozen stiff because I had thought that spiders were huge. Right. Out in the woods now. And I had just walked into something that is near me, is around me. I don't know what's going on. And that stuck with me. Now, when I went back, oh, by the way, after I ignobly went to turn to run and stepped in what I just buried. <laughs> so I had that going for me, too. As I'm now going back, having to wipe that off, ripen webbing off, I get all the way back. And they had to calm me down. And after they were laughing. Of course right? they I mean, were. dying. Of course they laughing, were. Right. They'd explain it to me. So that happened, and I was like, all right, what do I do now? You know, that was that. As I'm reading this Ananasi book in the intro, that story doesn't leave me. Like, that Mm. fear is there, because I'm reading it, and it's giving voice to spiders, and I think they do that expertly in this book. If spiders could speak, if they had a spirituality and a sense of purpose, this is what they would sound like. And, And Mike... I told my personal tie-in why I have a little, I have a bit of arachnophobia I'm admitting to. Um, we mentioned Coyote for a reason. I'm not going to let that go, but I'm going to let you reveal that. Tell me why that's important in the beginning of this book. So the spiders, they have this ritual. It's like, I'm not going to diminish it and say it's like grade school, but as you become a, a newly awakened and a Nazi, you got to go to the secret place with some of your elders. And so like the story starts and they're walking through um, this spiritual web. I got the impression it was like some part of the Umbra, but I wasn't clear on that. Anyway, they're walking through the, the pattern web, I assume. And they uh, they open like a space in space and they walk into the space in space. But then at some point, one of the elders notices that they got too many people. He spins around, he grabs this guy by his neck and says, you weren't invited here. You don't belong here. Because he's, by some intuition, realized that the party is a little too big. And the thing that he's grabbed, it turns out to be a Nuisha. And he starts trying to shapeshift to get out of this, this spider's grip. Well, the elder spider does the same thing, right? It's like, oh, you can shapeshift? I can shapeshift too. It doesn't mean you're going anywhere. And every time the Nuisha shapeshifts, he becomes more entangled in the web, not less, right? Because we're used to, you know, changing breeds, shifting their form to find a creative exit to the situation. And there's just this oppressive finality to the way they describe the Nuisha trying to get out of the grip of this elder Ananasi. Um, And then Torment of Torment, he doesn't just like behead the Nuisha. That would be too simple. Um, as the Nuisha tries to escape, the elders and Nasi, he kind of reads him his rights and says, you, you don't belong here. You know, you don't belong here. We understand that you're a follower of the trickster and we're not going to hold your nature against you, but you came where you shouldn't be. 
and now there are consequences. And so he spins him up into a web and all of the shape changing doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, throws him over his shoulder. They keep going where they were going. Now, without recounting the whole tale, when they get to their destination and they start giving lessons to the younger, uh, newborn Ananasi, just which is supposed to be the reader. Readers right. of the book are the newborn. Right, right. They're giving their lessons and they're they're teaching their cosmology and explaining all the things that they believe. And every so often, the the description of the setting lets you know that rather than kill the Nuisha, they let him listen to the education and be slowly driven mad. To the point that like when you get late into the tale, just the revelation of the knowledge of what these spiders have seen and been through and believe drives him literally crazy to the point of screaming like he's being tortured. And being tortured because that important point is why they kept them is that the audience now learning from, well, let's just say it. Let's, let's add that important part, right? The elder you're talking about is that three of them, they do this cool ass right. Yeah, I'm going to say this, yeah. right? He's he's trapped in his room, but they do a cool-ass right, which he can't see. And three elders suddenly burst into thousands of spiders. Dissolve. And then, they re- and then they reform into this perfect entity, right? It's the perfect killer, as they describe it. It's 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 as the triad intended to make. And that, of mm. course, is Ananasa herself. And she goes into explaining to her children, which is everyone present, that I will teach you everything, but you must know why that guy's in the back. Basically, mama provides. So as you Mm. get hungry during your education here, get up and feed, but do not kill. Because we taught you control and you need to show that you can do that. If you don't get this, her lesson isn't ended there. She gives a threat smooth as silk, pun intended. And (laughs) that threat is this. If you children can't control yourself and if you can't learn what goes on here, well, your existence ends here. We will add you to to our food. Because there's no mm-hmm. point in you. Nobody's emotional. Nobody's mad. That's the interesting part about the Ananasi, right? They get it. That's that's the way it was supposed to be. And so you're 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 there to get down these lessons. I adore that so much that uh, that that got me only to read further because it's horror. And like you said, I could just picture somebody going nuts in the background because much like oh, yeah. you, Mike, if you if you were a Nuisha. You lost your shit when you started learning about their views of the cosmology and what went on. Lost your goddamn mind. <laughs> and that the daughter of the Weaver Direct is telling you the information of how it is, which is the closest you've seen so far in any book that says this is how it is. Right. And right. that's that. To get into a little bit of that, because we, we enjoy ourselves talking here a bit much, <clears throat> the cosmology is put in a way that anybody, it can make sense to anybody. Right? Just simple as that. Cosmology breakdowns this. We'll do the quick 101, the Ananasi view. Um, the world was nothing and there was nothingness, and therefore that was the worm. Because yeah. the worm did what it was supposed to do. It annihilated everything. And so and when entropy sleep. was Yep, and when entropy was king, <laughs> he rested. Job done. Out right. of nowhere, fire and chaos. Fire is ever the symbol of creation and new and everything else and destruction and power. Birthed into the world, whatever you want to call it. We can call it the Big Bang if you want. They don't refer to it as that. But you can feel free. It comes in, starts creating shit all over the place. And the worm roars its anger and starts killing shit all over again. But it can't quite finish doing all the killing. And the wild or the wild can't keep creating stuff that lives long enough. And they're just creating and killing, creating and killing. 
And then, out of nowhere, here comes the Weaver, but they give some insight into that. And the fact is this, the universe, the universe was dangerously close to getting stagnant, mm, completely mm-hmm, static mm-hmm. and locked. Because you may think that constant rebirth and constant death is actually movement. And in some ways you're right. But in a spiritual sense, nothing is improving. It's staying where it is. It's a paradox. Nothing happens. That paradox could not stand. And for whatever reason, this other entity comes along, that being the weaver. And it comes along with understanding its innate purpose. It's to give intelligence and form and give reason to why the wild has what it has. But it has to appease the worm as well. And so it decides to say, hey, yeah, you're the worm and you got to kill stuff. So we're going to give stuff a finite life. It's over here. You're over here. So things live, have an intelligence and we're done and we're done. And those two were okay with it. They were like, thumbs up. Now we have, we're not too happy you did this, but we are happy the way things are. And here goes the wild making stuff, kind of giddy at the new shapes and whatever. And then the wild starts throwing audibles. <laughs> so after the weaver does, does its thing, does her thing and says, okay, cool. Here's your purpose, name, rank, and number. The wild comes along and goes, now it's something else. And the weaver says, like, what the just- fuck are you doing? Just give it the ability to change your designation, Weaver. No big deal. <laughs> right. Right. And the worm's <laughs> like, hey, if it could do that, I'm just gonna kill. Oh, hold up, hold up. You're right. You're right. Um, and then the and then but before it can really get that out, the UC go out again, they start fighting again. And then the weaver turns around and goes, Well, I'm just gonna how okay, come here. And the things that the the wild touches twice, the weaver comes back and messes with it again. And he goes, There we go. All done. And they're like, what do you mean it's all done? And it's like, going, well, here's the thing. You guys keep killing and making and killing and making. I decided to make something myself. I just took my own energy that way, and I have to ask you, Wild, and created the perfect being. However, I didn't stop there. This being I created, I took it from aspects of what you would want to do, Wild, and what the, what the worm, which you keep been doing, and I made sure that all this is here in one, and here it is, and it's of me, and that's what it is. And look, it's a spider. Isn't it cool? And, and the spider can do its own thing. And that's great. And it's me. <clears throat> done and done. It's a version in there. I feel I'm getting a little bit wrong, but that's more or less what happens. She <laughs> makes Ananasa, right? <laughs> the Weaver <laughs> makes Ananasa. That's hers. And Ananasa is to help it on Earth. Help it on Gaia and go through and do everything you think she's supposed to do Weaver-wise. She goes about doing it, but Ananasa throws the Weaver on her mandibles. Says, hey, the Wild's pretty cool. I've been talking with him in the wild R&D department. There's all sorts of cool shit coming out. So we're just going to weave that stuff with the wild in mind. And we're just going to make it to where I don't need to change it. We're just going to do it the way it was looked to do. So it's Gen 1. Looks great. We're going to have this, right? Like an Apache helicopter where the pilot's eyes, where it looks, the Apache turns. Isn't that cool? And the weaver's (laughs) like, what the hell is going on, Ananasa? I made you to stop this. And Ananasa goes, no, no. You made me because you were jealous. You want to make your own creation, and and to to my point, um, I'm good enough for the Weaver and Wild to let be here. But when I got together with them, I, I decided we're going to make this other entity because as they're making things, and you know I've been working with them to do that's where all the other shifters came from. Uh, well, we made ours, and we decided it's going to be the Spider. Check it out. And she's like, "Wait a minute, I made you. We're already yeah, yeah, yeah. We are us, but here is Spider now." It's woven into the world with everything else. It could survive in any environment guy has. It uh, is beholden to our ways and understands a balance that this is perfect. And it's also a killer. It goes around and can kill. It stays indefinitely you know, until something kills it. So it can die, but doesn't have to. And the worm, Big Papa, high five. And the worm high fives with its evil tendril hand. 
And it's like going, <laughs> he had to hand it in too. So like none of you can be mad because all of you have been consulted. Oh, wait, I hope you don't mind, Mom. Uh, Weaver, I consulted on your behalf because, you know, I am you. Mm, yeah, that. Mm. <laughs> that's one of those points. Like, that's one of those moments where I was like, OK, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now, cosmology. What are you trying to say to me? Because we we skipped over something. Like in the same way that the Weaver made Ananasa out of jealousy, what she was jealous of was the fact that that Gaia was just like. The wild just chose to make Gaia. So like this story tells us the triad came first. The wild made Gaia. The weaver made Ananasa in response. But then it starts pointing out all these points after that, where the weavers like jealous of the wild or jealous of the worm or the weaver can't help trying to cap or top its peers. And I'm like, okay, I'm fine with this story, except for the fact that, like, our God's mother seems to be more of a problem than the wild or the worm. You you get what I'm saying? I, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm understanding what your consternation is, what your issue My, is. Okay. I'm very, very used to the idea of the worm being the, the big bad, right? Even if the still weave... It still is, even if the weaver is manipulating it. And I'm also hearing the book tell me that Ananasa is our god as Ananasi. And Ananasa is not distinct from the weaver in any meaningful way by their description. Right. It says the weaver took part of itself, made a made another spider as an assistant like the wild did with Gaia. Right. But then it starts telling us that Grandmother Spider's gone crazy. This is later on. But the Weaver can't help but trying to top her peers. And then it starts telling us, never ever divert from what Ananasa tells you. Everything she says is right. She knows what she's doing. If you ever disobey her, the, the punishment will be worse than death. And I'm like, well, but if she's, if she's just a Weaver, and you're telling me that the Weaver's crazy, you know what I mean? Like, how do the... I start getting conflicts about the Ananasi's devotion to their god because their god is just their grandmother. And grandmother's crazy. And do you feel I me? Felt this a while, I, feel, I felt this a while <laughs> about you, though, Mike. I feel you're somebody that has to be correct. No, not correct. I'm confused. <laughs> Let me help you out. It's correct because that's where your hiccup is. You okay. don't understand right. duty and you don't understand loyalty. Maybe not. So maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> if I explain this in terms that a misogynist could really get behind, if we called Ananasa, or if we called the Weaver, not the Weaver, but the Shogun, hmm. would it now make sense? And that the Ananasi were samurai, and the warlord that that serves the Shogunate is who Ananasa is. Does this now make sense to you? Yep. Yeah. I'm appealing makes- to you using the patriarchy. I hope I, I now you can hear me. Yeah. Now, I'm going to hit yeah. you what I like to call a female perspective, which I think they captured here. It's not that grandmother spider's crazy. Think about what happens. Why I say this, because they're very gender-written in my eyes. That's, that's my take mm. on it. The mm-hmm. worm is completely a guy. He's completely <laughs> a guy, right? In that, in that aspect, so is the wild. 
Maybe. Yeah, neither has, yeah I can neither, see neither, It's the same thing, right? The wild might create, but it's it's no... You're about destruction and, and ruination and whim, and you are you don't have a point either, right? Mm. You're going to party mm-hmm. all day, floss all night, and you don't care about consequences. And if consequences come up, just just fucking ignore it. Move on and do, do more shit, right? The wild is constant party is what that is. The worm is constant ending. I got, I'm a badass. I'm power itself. Well, the Winkford comes in and goes, you dumbasses. What are you <laughs> doing with that power? What are you doing with that power? What are yeah. you doing with the ability to create fun and all that other stuff? And like, don't you understand that life is more than this, that there are things you can create down the road that if you just use a little, little agam, a little moderation, a little thought, you can create a sense of peace and thus a balance and everyone benefits then. It's a synergy that you reach a sense of peace. And when hmm. peace hits both of them and both the worm and the wild are like, well, I guess so. I was kind of having fun flexing, you know, um, <laughs> You know, you right. Cobra, you, you right. Cobra Kai versus the Karate Kid. No one's going to see us on stage now. We just got to get normal lives. And we just, you know, everyone's <laughs> forgot about us, right? That's what they act like. And the Weaver's like, all right, that's cool. That That's magical, but that'll, that'll be muted or taken care of, hopefully. Um, hopefully. <laughs> at any rate, that happened. Um, better than the fireworks. So, right. Um, right. <laughs> But so where we're at here is that when the Weaver comes into me, then kind of a feminine perspective, right? A cold pragmatism to calm down. Like a big sister is where I'm going with. Not like a motherly sense, a big sister. You two knuckleheads mm-hmm. figure it out. And here's, here's the middle ground, stop fighting, right? And then, like anyone, because the triad is given once again a human perspective. Remember, remember the analogy I said, like Clash of the Titans or the gods themselves? This yeah, analogy yeah, yeah. is presented. And this analogy says, well, what happens with the weaver is weaver gets jealous. Because I'm, 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 I'm basically taking their energy and doing their work because they're too pig-headed and too egotistical mm. to do this for themselves. Like, I'm, I'm labeled the weaver, but who knows what the weaver truly could do? I'm going right. to present that. It's called the weaver, but why did it come into existence, really? And, and here that is. And Ananasa doesn't say a single thing about mankind here when she's teaching right. nothing. Right, because we know they're they're food at this mm-hmm. point. But what what are we getting at here? What's going on? Well, we know there's a strong push and an edge to a guru point of view that has been delivered. That the weaver's children, part of them, is mankind. They're a perfect unison, a perfect creation of all three triad in one. Wait a second. You hear from Ananasa herself that she is the perfect creation of the weaver itself. All right, we can all get behind that. Because what do we know as humans? Like, let's just leave that where it is. But we also know that Ananasa created her own spiritual self. That's unique to her. She broke from the triad in that moment. Mm. She made something for herself immediately because she's perfect. Now, what that means is if you combined all three of the triad, what you get is this perfect being who decided I'm evolving. This is a colorful story of evolution, Mike. That's what it is. That because when the Weaver comes center stage, we're talking about all this creating and controlling and contrast and violence creates life. If you look at it scientifically, well, how's the Earth made? Right? Where do we come from? Right? Tectonic plates, magma, supercooling, all that other stuff. From the sea of chaos came the amoeba that later on, billions of years (laughs) later, becomes man. Right? We all know this. This is the spiritual tale of that. Why do they go spiritual? Well, quite frankly, what else do you tell a mutated spirit spider? 
<laughs> with, their, with their propensity to want to eat humans, you got to give them something, right? They got to right. go with something that makes sense where they're at to think about it for a second, maybe get them there in that higher thought. And I think that's why this book is good, because to me, it allows my imagination to get in and go, all right, Ananasa, I see your wisdom within the wisdom. This is not a literal sense. Even you have told a tale as if we need to put it into what it means to us. Yeah, we have to see yeah. it for what it is. Because it, 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 it tickles my conspiracy antenna. But it's, it's, it's... it's not a conspiracy antenna. No <laughs> elder. No, Mike, if you're the elder of your people, if you're a father, you get this 100%. If you're an older brother, if you're somebody who's worked at a corporation and you work on a team, you're not on a team to just get the job done. That's never what you're there to do. The people who hired you want you to surpass what you did before. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. looking for advancement. And the only way you're going to do that is combining all the minds on that team to collaborate towards an improvement. That's the goal every time. The simple-minded are going to punch a clock. I'm just in to punch a clock to do my job and leave. And my job's not to worry about next-gen anything. My job's to get in and build this machine, wipe this floor down, and leave. Well, if your aspirations are pointed to the ground, which is what that is, you see no future momentum for you, then mm. you're not in the R&D room. It's that simple. Look at it that way. Yeah, and if I lost yeah. you a little bit, relate this to what you might do in a fatherly sense or an elder sibling sense. You have experience to you, right? Or motherly sense, however you want to do it, elder figure. You have these experiences you went through. The only way your experiences become wisdom is if you learn from them. And right. you're able to communicate that wisdom to those who have yet to go through it, who are about to make choices. So if you chose left instead of right, and left was a disaster, was the hard mode, but you got to where you are, then you want to you urge them to go right and tell them, look at my life and look at what I did. And here's what you might want to try. That's the path I haven't gone, and that's the path I should have went because that path is correct because I know the left wasn't correct. But I live to be able to tell you, benefit from my sacrifice, my experience. And that's wisdom you're trying to give someone. But it's ever the youth's perspective and, and prerogative to ignore wisdom, to forge their own path. And so to Ananasa... I because by, by the simple fact that she says those of you who will not listen and aren't here to learn and don't get what is dropped here, what is said to you, you're food for everyone else. It is clear that she acknowledges that there is still a process. You have mm -hmm. to prove yourself. Not all spiders are are, are awesome. Right. And if you know spiders, <laughs> not all spiders survive the egg, right? They're food. Depends mm -hmm. on how hungry you are. And the perfect one and the hungriest one's gonna make it. This is the same thing. It's attempting to say, I made this even by you being perfect means that you can pick up the wisdom left behind and thus can move on. What does that tell you as the player, though, with the book? Does it mean that your character sucks? No, you're a player. We, we cheat here. We say <laughs> that because you're making a character, of course, your character is the smart one that makes it. You know, however, the storyteller is going to say it, you're, you're the one chosen. There you go, Pikachu. Have fun. And that's <laughs> and that's how it works. Right. That is that is the method of any role playing game how it sets up. But that's all it is. It's enough cosmology to have enough hoodoo. It really is a book that satisfies everything, in my opinion. It handles anybody wanting canon. How do I know this is true? Well, because Ananasa herself said it. That's how you know it's true. But wait a minute. There's room here for it could not be true. Like maybe she's urging me in a different direction. You mean it forces you to think? Yeah. yeah well, hell yeah. Ananasa wants you to think. You're supposed to surpass those who came before you. That's the point. Learn that wisdom and move on and be better. Because you're always improving. Now let me let me add to the to the point of what Adonasa wants. Um, it came down on the positive side. I think it's it's useful the way this book does it. 
But how do you feel about the Mother Queen just straight up telling the Anunnaki, we do not fuck with totems. They're liars, whether they know it or not. Spirit world be damned. Don't waste your time. And I asked the question because when we play as Garu, right, we have a lot, a lot of emotion or feelings or whatever, like character motivations and, and, and the spirits that the pack venerates and personal history and blah, 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 tied up in the totems. And Ananasa is having none of that. Is that a, like out of character? Is that like a net gain or a net loss for this? for this system or this approach it's a net game because what i'm gonna hit you with is uh i'm gonna take a stab at a realm i i enjoy dearly it's not world darkness at all mm. um and you're gonna look at forgotten realms for a minute when i look at forgotten okay. realms i'm gonna bring up the drow right mm. the drow mm-hmm. are my favorite race in all forgotten realms for one reason um loth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that whole society mm-hmm. of menzo berenzin and how it's built you know uh that that book is salvatore did a great job of uh breathing life into it now, granted, I think Drizzt Duerden's weak as they come. Um, <laughs> great character. People like him. Artemis and Shuri for the win. Uh, but the point is, is that when you look at the the realms in themselves, look at all the gods that you have. All the good gods open their doors to everyone willing to beat their drum. Hmm. Anyone willing to worship you is open to where you're at. And you could say that any of the other gods say the same thing. The gods of evil, if you're willing to worship them, yeah, well, then they'll take you. Just dance their tune. Loth is selective. Hmm. Loth said flat out. My people are the drow, make no mistake. The ones in charge are the women, and that's the way it's going to be, and then it's not going to be any difference, and the men are weak and have to prove themselves, and that's what it is, and you will live under here with me doing my bidding, and my bidding alone. But yet she's one of the more powerful gods that exist in that realm, and that's because the drow themselves are powerful. Now, why is that? Simply put, the struggle. The harder you are on a people... Mankind is is the perfect example of this, actually. You could just look at that for proof. Anybody who has an easy life is not improving at all. That's why you should never seek contentment. When you are content in your life, you cease to grow. That's just a fact. It doesn't matter if it's scholastically, in your career, or physicality. The moment you take easy street, and oh man, that's how it goes, you're not growing. You simply are not finding, because or, or not growing with enough speed for you to notice that growth. Because right. the more challenges you conquer, the more challenges you face and then really see them as opportunities, the more chance you have in growth personally. And thus, the better and stronger you get as you go along. That same thing applies to her people as the drow. They take that mentality and flip this over to, to werewolf saying that if we choose one group of people and I choose my own and they are birthed and they learn from me directly, they meet me once in their life after their change. And I come and I educate them. And after the education, they may never meet me again. But they will know my will. And they know I'm real. So there is no betrayal. There is no deviation. There is no doubt. You know directly what you are, where you're from, and who made you, and why you're here. Knowing all these things, and I gave you purpose, you wouldn't dare think to go to another spirit or totem. Because what do you need them for that I didn't give you if I am the perfect being you know I am? And thus you are. Hmm. And you see what and, I mean? And part, of, and part of your training is that I'm at least equivalent in rank to Gaia because our parents and, were siblings. So what are you talking even, to these spirits for? <laughs> and even if you weren't, Ananasa's beyond that. Jealousy's yeah. grandmother spider's thing. That's yeah. grandmother spider's flaw. Grandmother's, that's a point, Mike. Ananasa's the evolution of the weaver. 
That's what they're tapping at. And the evolution of the Weaver is the Ananasi. Do you see? Yeah, I can that's, see that. That's as intended. That's why you're special. So if you're there and that's what happens and that's how it all gets out, basically why she ain't going nowhere is because Ananasi, Ananasi ain't got no beef with the worm. Ain't got no beef with the wild. Ain't got no beef with the Weaver. Things is what they is as they should be. And the goal is to adapt. And the spider was made to adapt to any environment that happens. It's Gaia who's whining and crying because she doesn't want to fulfill her goal. Gaia came into this existence knowing that one day she would die, that this is inevitable, and that the worm would kill her. So why are her children flipping out exactly? Well, they're supposed to. Don't expect them to take that lying down. They were made to rage. They were made to defend, and they should go out with a bang. Because because they're her kids. Correct. They're like her because they're her kids. Yeah. But after that's swept away, there is a children of the void. We already know them, and they're us. And we will watch (laughs) coldly. As existence is formed again, because don't forget, Granddaddy Worm was like, I helped make you. And we go, you sure did. Hey, you don't mind if I take the couch? Like, no, no. I like silk. All right. (laughs) And we're over here. Why I like this book is simply put, it's like, well, um, here's the group that doesn't have really super dramatic issues on a spiritual level. They're sound. What this group has, though, is when you play them, you are terrifying. To everything else. Everything else walking. And that's the interest in playing them. We take away from you the burden to have to fulfill some cosmology pushed forth and on you by anything, really. You're just supposed to exist and get stronger within the story you're allowed to be in. You following me with that? At least that's how yeah. I took. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I and so I agree. And I would I would add they do they do the thing, right? Where they tell you the the only there's no tribes. There's no tribes in among the Anunnaki. There's there's three categories of us. <laughs> we who practice the waves of the weaver, we who practice the waves of the wild, and we who practice the ways of the worm. You'll be told which one you are at your meeting with mother. <laughs> right. If you ever have to wonder what your job is, what did mother say? <laughs> and, in, and in again, this, it's, it's so direct. <laughs> I like and it. in this. I like it. Nobody can trick you. Yeah. Right? So this this group is ideal for people who hate it. After a while, you get tired of a storyteller trying to go, um, I am the new villain. Would you like to see my secret book? <laughs> <laughs> and you, the player, are like, infernalism again? <laughs> my evil's in here? Is it the worm? All right. Yeah. So I'm not going to read the cool book. Thanks. Looks great. I'm not going to. You're not going to. I put time into that book. Maybe you should have put time into a plot where I'd get tricked by, oh, but you use, you use this. Like 15 <laughs> other camp, like every time we turn around at something. Mm-hmm. Like, no, nah, I have no interest in it. Not this time, buddy. And the starter is like, well, I'm going to take my ball and go. Well, I'll try to replot hammer hook you. In. Hey, you guys go and save that little girl. And she goes, you can only save me if you open the book. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Right? And then if you recorded that game, I'd set the little girl on fire. Anything but read the book because now I'm supporting the storyteller every chance I get. Because screw your book now, slap ass. Right? It wasn't good enough that we were like, no interest. Now it's going to be like slammed. Yeah, be, write your novel and get away from me, is what it feels like. But the Ananasi, if I were an Ananasi in said environment with werewolves and this came up, I would simply observe, hmm. be a part of, understand what they're doing. And then I get to be, well, neutral. Now, if I help, it's my choice, but I have to find reason in helping. And then the laws granted to me help me decide why 
I would help and if I would help and to what I get. And they're very pragmatic. You know, if you're a spider, you got that nice little webbing home you got to take care of. You got your own things in the umbra to deal with, spirits to trap, things to eat, people to <laughs> web. I mean, you got stuff to do. You got to eat too, right? And let's not forget, mm-hmm. you're also highly entertained that you have Elysium to go to. That's after you attend the Sabbat Asbat. And the Sabbat right. tend to be more, it really depends on your mood on what you want to eat. If you're a hunter, you like to get your own food, so the Camarilla are a preference. The Sabbat are like these predators, and they tend to bring everything already, and that's that's okay. Some <laughs> nights you feel like being a little fat, but, you know, teach their own. And they keep calling you a gangrel, which is pretty cool, but whatever. And, uh, and, and it's undetectable. Why? Because you drink blood. They drink blood. Eh, kismet. It works right. out. They see people as food. You see people as food. They don't want anybody to know that you exist. You don't want anybody to know that you exist. I mean, like, these wait, things coincide. Just just so perfect. A match made in heaven. <laughs> but wait a second. Comes down the pipeline. Ananas is like, hey, that prince can't be here. And he's going to kill it. Oh, sure am. Yes, sir. Right? It's done. It's done. <laughs> There's a Guru Cairn, and they're too populous. I need you to whittle them down and blame the Sabbat. Done. Say, so I'm Why? going to go gather some radioactive material and drop it in the river. <laughs> but wait a second, say the werewolf fans. The werewolves are supposed to win. These There's a reason there was a war of rage. And, it, and, and yeah. let's just say that there's a strong argument. The werewolves look at the Ananasi are like, we got to kill them. Oh, oh, we do because the weaver's crazy. Look what it made. Are they wrong? Well, if you're a werewolf, no. No, they're not wrong. And you would look <laughs> at Ananasi as, as worm as it gets. If you're worm, they're, they're certainly appealing but no they're not warm they don't answer to me and that's a problem hmm. uh, destroy them and pentex goes mm, maybe not let's have a meeting first invite them show them some things because sometimes there is the occasional ananasi that decides yeah, yeah more worm ananasa we know what she said f you anyway we know the worm's gonna win we were made promises and then ananasa's like no problem she didn't flip out she goes but you know you're on the menu Oh, I would expect nothing less. Best of luck to you. By the way, when I'm strong enough, the worm says I get to eat you. And Ananasa <laughs> just smiles. Of course it did. What else would convince you? <laughs> there's no there's no emotion to it. It's like, of course you did that. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. Wait a minute. You're proud I'm coming to eat you? Of course I would be. I mean, you won't get to, but, you know, at least it's interesting. It's the effort. It's the effort. <laughs> Can you understand it? To serve something that's like, don't betray me or it'll be the worst thing you ever do. And then you betray going, I will thwart you. I will kill you. Do you feel comfortable suddenly having emotions that I never gave you? Where did that come from? Well, the <laughs> worm gave me new power. And, no, no. It gave you a manipulative control. See, it gave you rage that you should never have had because now it has you. Nothing can be done. We'll have to rip you apart. I'm not even going to use your parts. We'll probably just web you forever and slowly drain you as needed. But we'll move on. I mean, that's the <laughs> feel, right? Of yeah. it. And I'm sitting here going, some people would call them assassins. That'd be a mistake. I don't. I see entities in this book. If you're a fan of maintaining a balance, I mean a serious balance. Where you look at everybody without emotion. And there's just the way it's supposed to be. And if it's out of balance, it gets fixed. This is the group for you. Yep. One catch. I don't see any player going, wait a minute. Mike gets to play a wear spider. I want to play a wear spider. Why? Because that sounds fucking cool. I never even <laughs> heard about it. And that sounds awesome. Like, do they got webbing gifts? Of course they do. Do they got forms? Hell yeah. They got a crawling form. They could burst into thousands of spiders or take the war form of a half a man's monster spider. It's pretty cool. Or a giant spider. These things are awesome, man. 
They got gifts to track. They got gifts to remain hidden. They can web things for days. They can web themselves in heel. They can web themselves in hibernate. There's so many cool web gifts that you look at this book and you're like, this this the game I want to play. Like, F werewolves, man. Put them in the menu. You know what I mean? I mean that yeah. sincerely. When I read it, it's do that. Why I've never done it? Because I, I I walked into a web, but I don't know what to tell you. There's there's a fear I had, and I never went away. And every time I think of a giant spider coming anywhere near me, the first thing I'm like is Kevin, Kevin, get rid of me, you know. And then God, like I saw a giant banana spider sitting in a crate of bananas. I didn't eat bananas for a year. I was like, you I were afraid there's just going to be one waiting flush. for you in the cluster. Right, and somewhere someone's laughing at me. It's like, come on, man! It's fucking, it's a grocery store you work at. It's just bananas. They they come with the shipment. It's a reasonable right? fear. It's a reasonable America, fear. Could have visited one time. Didn't go. Why? Someone showed me an episode of a spider. Why they wear metal helmets walking through the Brazilian rainforest? Spiders like to dive for your hair if it's too thick, thinking it's a bird nest. <laughs> They like jump and test bite and then realize you're human, freak wait, out, wait. and jump away. And don't they have the dinner plate size spiders down there? <laughs> yes. Don't forget the, the 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 indigenous kids that run around and like to 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 poke holes in the ground and put twigs over so the spiders bite it, and then they trap the spider and bind it to the thing so then go cook them on a on a fire and eat them. Anything big enough that I can cook and eat that's an insect means there's a bigger insect somewhere. You're just getting them young. I have no interest in that. <laughs> nah, not so much. That that's real horror for Bob, and there's a line. Well, would I play one of these? Of course I would, because I dig how they think and how they are. It's just never mistake if I'm having fun because I'm already grossed out and terrified I'm playing one. And yeah. let me be fair. We didn't talk much about the mentality of them, but that's because I really want you to read this book too. Not just for the information we're already given to wet your whistle, because it's a great book, but also the fact that if you want a mentality of how a change would affect an Ananasi or really a werewolf, like understand what they're really going through. Werewolf does a good job at kind of haunting spirituality connection. The best jobs out of this book, even after werewolf fifth edition, the best jobs out of this book, what they do is in that comic, they show you the very normal first teenage comic, yeah. girl, normal teenage mm-hmm. girl going through her thing and ask if she's going to go to prom, which is a big event. It tends to be at least in America's and all that. And you can show up, whatever. She's no interest in do it. She's not feeling well. Things aren't going right. She's kind of snaps in her friend. She's a little bitchy. She goes home. She's lying in bed, going through that teenage angst phase. And her mom's on the phone describing to some relative what she's going through. Oh, she'll get over it. It's a stage. We all go through it, but you're seeing her grow like these, like this, these half changes she's going on. And with a comic strong, which I think is very good. And, then you see her the next day. She wakes up as if everything's perfectly fine. And she goes to school. She's more confident, got a better hold of herself, goes to tell her friend who she had a fight with. It's like, hey, look, I was a complete bitch the other night. My fault. I just want to talk to you for a second. I want to do it. And, and as this is showing these stereotypical teenage girls, the friend who got snapped on is going to play this to the hill, right? Mm-hmm. Ignore your best friend, but stay the same pace she's walking, you know, until... Um, her friend goes, look, I'm trying to talk to you and grabs her arm and a horrible thing happens, right? Grabs her arm and her friend rips her arm out. Don't touch. And then steps off in the traffic and dies. But it shows her hmm, just bends down, starts picking up her papers, right? And, and says, what a waste. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, she goes to the funeral and her mom goes, are you sure you're okay? You didn't even say anything at the funeral. You're fine. And she's just looking like, yeah, I'm cool. Going through her stuff in her room, doing her thing, probably planning her day. 
And then uh, she has the thought and sits there for a minute. Then her mom's on the phone yakking again about her business, her daughter's business, and starts it up. And her mom goes to cook. No, goes to cook. That's what it was. And it's shouting out, hey, do you want to get anything? Want to get anything for you? Pretty normal. And it shows her come walking out, but then shape changes into the half spider, half woman form. Says, yeah, mom, you can do something for me. I'm hungry. And that pimp thing at the end. (laughs) That pimp thing at the end. Right? The clever occlusion of what she did with her mom. You don't know if she killed her mom, but you know she fed on her mom. And you don't know exactly how that ended up. But you do know, shortly after the event, there's a knock at the door. And she opens the door, and John Q. Slick Willie shows up. You know, her, her this dude dressed to the nines, attractive, looks rich, well-off, is like, hey there, good looking. How you doing? I can see you're getting along fine. Um, I'm going to talk to you about your father. And she's like, oh, you mean, and starts mentioning her dad. He goes, I'm not talking about the man who raised you. I'm talking about the one who sired you, because that's me. You mind if I come in? Of course you don't. And he starts heading in, very cold, nonchalant, and he's more confident that she is and more self-assured. And the moment he looks past her shoulder and gets behind her, he looks to the back, and the way they draw, it's perfect. He goes, ah, I love what you did with the place. And in my head, it's because she rubbed her mother over there. Oh, yeah, hanging up in the kitchen. Right? Uh-huh. Cocooned in there. They don't show I, it, but I'm convinced. Right? I had the That's same image. On. I had the same image in my mind. The exact same image. Terrified. And I said, and I said to myself, these things here are are not they're they're not e- evil, but they ain't good. But they are neutral, and they're very much screaming of what the Weaver is. I enjoy the Ananasi. Um, they're 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 good. They're good eggs. <laughs> so, um, but that's my take on it, Mike. Did you have anything else interesting you want to mention about them? Um, no, nah, man. We 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 got the good parts. I'd, I'd say I do recommend. If you have the book, find time to play this game. That's all I got. Absolutely. And, and folks, we did mention that they, uh, they're they weird quirk. They, they have blood pool. But I think it would serve you well, even a vampire player, if you were hesitant about werewolf, look up the Ananasi. I think the blood pool, the mentality, what they care about is a lot less to handle than the typical werewolf regime. Having guidance, like we said, that could support what you have going on does an interesting thing. If you go through the physicality of having to play one shapeshift and manage blood, strangely, the blood pool makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Whereas vampire, mm-hmm. every vampire says, like from V, even when it was V20, it was like, I wish we did something about the blood pool. It just is weird that it's so not emotional. It doesn't, doesn't connect with you because it's, it's like it should be hungry and not. You know what I mean? I'm sated or I need to eat more. We, that's what we want to do. Like this weird gauge of points sucks. Except if I'm a giant were spider. I kind of dig that there's there's a there's a tank that I'm right, operating right. on where I could show you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I'm kind of planning out how hungry do I feel? Because now it justifies why I have somebody hanging up in my web. Like I'm gonna you know eat I mean? that. That that's coming up. <laughs> it's a good thing. I just I just fits to me. I think it works mechanically that way. But you were gonna say, Mike. Well, I was just gonna add, you know, two things. This book, while I was reading it, it gave there were there are moments to your point, like in the way they describe the mentality of the Ananasi, where I started having flashes of inspiration about like paths of enlightenment or certain inhumane NPCs that I've encountered. And like again, without making it a dissertation, somehow it's easier to think about those vampire concepts from the perspective of these spiders than it is from the perspective of people who used to be people or human. Um, 
That and much simpler. If you have a group that can't decide whether or not it wants to play werewolf or vampire, because you guys play together all the time and you've done a little bit of everything, this is the game for you guys. <laughs> Mix it up. This is a great way. <laughs> yes, yeah, some of you can be high school friends that get wed. Others can be changing at prom. It just depends how you want to do it. So right, um, right. <laughs> and Anasa for the win. All right, everybody. Uh, that's what we got here. Um, to let you know, thanks, Mike, again, though, before we uh, say officially goodbye, I want to make sure I get that out. Um, but what this is is a review of the book, letting you know what we thought of it, how we liked it and didn't like it. Generally, we try to shoot as much as we can out in an hour. Uh, on our Patreon, we'll deep dive. There's a lot of books that we still have in our docket to go back and go in detailed view. Some we've already done. Um, I think there's over 300 recordings there uh, dealing Sheesh. with a whole library of nonsense that goes yeah. in from sect play to personal play to testimony to ST circle to a lot of good stuff there. And that's where we go in projects where we'll go into the book, probably get more in depth about aspects, uh, phases of the moon for them, if it matters to them, powers, et cetera, et cetera. We definitely have this book up there to go into mechanic wise because it could be. Uh, well, it's just fun. We just enjoy looking at that and kind of gushing over the powers. Um, I often call that nerd talk. Patreon's for the <laughs> nerd talk, where you want to get all that in and, you know, maybe help bring along with the book and it makes more sense or it gives you an idea for character builds or whatever. That's there. This is more, we don't know who's going to listen to this, so we keep it general, keep it light, let you know it's worth you getting into or not. That's what we do with this. Um, why it goes an hour? We love talking. We love discussing. Thanks for listening. And Mike, thank you once again. I know I already thanked you. Can't thank you enough. And tune in next time. Um, bye. Peace. Thank you for listening to our 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. If you liked what you heard, please reach out and let us know on Twitter at 25 Years of VTM, at our email, info at 25yearsvtm.com, on Facebook, at www.facebook.com slash 25 years VTM or on our website, www.25yearsvtm.com. If you would like to support us, we can be found at patreon.com slash 25 years of vampire the masquerade.